in Portuguese and speaking in another language, and it's it's not easy. Um, and in fact, on the last eleven years that we became we came into the pastoral team of our church in Lisbon, I I cancel all invitations that I used to have through the years to be focused on our local church because I realized that to build a culture, I need to be involved in all of those processes with everyone. And by the grace of God, now we, it seems that we are living in a new phase of our ministry and of our church and of our leadership team. And all of us, we realized together that uh, the, the Lord is really challenging me and Isabel and and our church to send us to whatever the Lord will will allow us to go. So that's definitely why I'm here also with you. Uh, I came not to preach, really. When I talk with DB, my idea was not preaching. My idea was coming. And, and know him, knowing him a little bit better. And... and um, his wife, Ronel, and, and the kids, and knowing you, I mean, coming to your table to, to have some fellowship together and to share lives and, and the heart. So, in one way, I mean, I'm nervous because English is not my language, but at the same time, I came to visit the family of God, my family, the family that we have all over the world. And, you know, so once that we are in family, uh, it's much easier. So you, you don't invite a good speaker to come and to perform well. You, somehow you allow a brother to come and to, to share something from God with you. So I... Um, I feel free to to really do that. So, uh, me and Isabel, we would like to to thank you for for uh, your invitation because we suggest can, can can I come? I said can I come because I was preaching in Eswatini last weekend and I was on the area and I asked can I. You know, make sense that I will go to you, and they said yes, and so I really appreciate that, Isabel too, and we thank you for your hospitality, DB, Ronel, Andre, Linza, and all of you that we had the chance to meet with and to share our lives. I would like to share with you. Uh, uh, a word that somehow in our church in Lisbon has been a kind of a word, kind of a, yes, a word and a word to follow. And it seems that everyone who is speaking in our pulpit from, from the end of last year to be more specific, from October last year, um, the vast majority of what we are hearing in our church, it's really about the same subject. It's somehow about prayer. But, but who knows? Prayer in a, prayer in a new level of not new in the sense of something modern, but new in the sense of original. You with me? Uh, it's not new because never one uh, once thought about that. Or, but go back to the roots probably of what prayer really means. So, I would like to invite you to open with me, okay, 
in the book, in the gospel of Mark, okay, I'm not used to that, in the gospel of Mark, chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse 28 through 34, so the gospel is saying this, a doctor of the law who came near, near to Jesus and heard that discussion, and I'm sorry if I'm reading from a different translation. Well, my zomeners. A doctor of the law who came near and heard that discussion, seeing that Jesus had answered him well, Ask him this question. Before going to the question that that doctor of the law is bringing to Jesus, I would like to give you a little bit of context of what's happening here. Um, a doctor of the law who came near, it's Mark who is sharing that with us. He came near to Jesus. It seems to me that not only him, but some doctors of the law, they were always surrounding Jesus and somehow persecuting Jesus to make sure that if he will be the Messiah, they will recognize him. But at the same time, if he will claim himself the Messiah, and on their perspective, he will be not the Messiah according with a lot of, a lot of, a lot of reasons. They will do everything that will be necessary to kill him in the name of God. It's terrible that. So, and of course, they, they, they will never do that with their hands. They will provide ends to do those kind of 30 things. You with me? Religion. <laughs> Religion. So he was around Jesus to check if who, who really Jesus was. That simple man that was coming from Nazareth. And the multitudes, they were following him. Do you remember that? I mean... And they were jealous at the same time because multitudes were not following them. The temple was empty by many, many reasons. For example, in the days of Jesus, do you know how many high priests they have on that specific occasion? Historically speaking, it's true, two. Instead of one, two, because of politics, because of religion. Because they mixed everything, religion, politics. And they were jealous of Jesus. Multitudes were following him. A lot of people, they were talking about Jesus everywhere. And they were, they were shocked with that. And, and they were afraid that, uh, they, they were really afraid that they will lose their job and their, their position uh, in the religious uh, uh, realm of the life of people. So he was, he, he was coming near Jesus to really to find something, a reason to crucify him. You, we need to understand that. Jesus was under observation. All the details, all the words, all the behavior of Jesus was under, I don't know the word in English, for scrutiny, for evaluation, for, you with me, I'm sorry, one more time for my English. So he came to Jesus, and the, the gospel of Mark is saying that he was, he was uh, surprised 
with the way how Jesus was behaving and, and answering a lot of questions, difficult ones. And he was shocked. I don't know if in a good way or in a bad way, but he was shocked. And suddenly he asked a question to Jesus that for a doctor in the law was not normal really to ask those kinds. Can I move? Okay, I, I can. So for a doctor in the law, it's not normal to ask what is the most important commandment of the Torah, of, of all the sacred books and, and you know, it, it, it's, it's somehow a wrong question. Why? Because for a doctor in the law, every single word of the Torah and the book of Psalms and all the books of the Old Testament were sacred. Do you know that a good, um, a good rabbi or a good doctor in the law, he was able to know all Torah and all the books by memory. They, they know everything from Genesis to, to all the prophets, the book of Psalms. Do you know that? They were, I mean, very good memories. They, they have everything in their mind. And do you know what? They love in those days of Jesus, they love to have all kinds of talks with different people just using the words of the Torah and the Psalms and the prophets to, to, to show that they were holy. Only from their mouth, the words of the Almighty is coming out. From the, Can you imagine that? I mean, means... Some of you, you are saying, well, but this is not written in the Gospels. No, it's not. But it's about culture. We need to understand culture to go deeper on the Word of God. Otherwise, we can put the Word of God saying whatever we want to say and use it. And the Word of God, more than anything, is, is about principles, eternal principles. So he, he is really raising a wrong question, seems to me. But at the same time, it seems to me that he's impressed. It's like hearing Jesus and seeing Jesus bring to them something that is nuclear, central, to everything, absolutely everything that he's doing. Are you following me? So he's asking, what, what's the most important issue, uh, word, principle, commandment in the Bible? So now Jesus is going to answer him. And Jesus, he knows also with whom he's talking. He knows, he really knows with whom he's talking. So Jesus said to him, Jesus clarified for him, the most important is, so now Jesus is answering him, the most important is, is this, Jesus said in my translation, listen, listen Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. It seems to me that you also are, are not comfortable by, by me stopping here. Uh, the first commandment Jesus said is, listen, you, O Israel, listen God, the Almighty God, because he's the only one that you need to hear. Is deserved of being heard by you. This is the first commandment. Usually we think that the first commandment is to love God. And to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. But it seems to me that Jesus is bringing a focus. And by the way, not a new one. Remember, he's speaking with, uh, with the doctor of the law. Jesus himself, he knew what he was talking about. But he also knew that that scribe 
he can quote that passage that Jesus is quoting also from the Old Testament. Because Jesus is answering, <laughs> you see Jesus using the same method? Jesus is answering to their questions with the words of the Torah. To bring some credibility to what he's saying. And by the way, Jesus was very sharp with very good memory. Do you know what's happened when he was in the temple at the age of 12 years? With 12 years old? He was able to speak with the doctors in the law in the temple using also the words of the Torah. And they were shocked by the wisdom and the way how Jesus was using the words of the Torah talking with, him, with them. Do you remember that? So Jesus is answering also with the words of the Torah and he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we, we go there, but Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 and 5. Now, Jesus is saying that the first commandment is hear, O Israel, the Lord your, your God. Because he's the only one. He's the only Lord. He's the one that you need to hear. I would like to say to you that according with my perspective when I'm reading the Bible, the first commandment, it's really hearing God. It's not loving God. You know why? Because we are not able to love. Human nature don't have the ability, the capacity to love. You know why? We are too selfish. We have a lot of desires that are not according with what is the best for others. You with me? One of those days uh, we were in family, uh, I think that was last Christmas, and my oldest son, he was sharing at the table. We were all at the table. We were talking about those kinds of things, and almost crying he is saying i'm sorry but for me it's more and more difficult to say i love you even to my children because when i realize what loving is deep in my heart i know that i'm not able to love like the love loves are you with me do you know what's our problem in our culture we put the word love on everything we love coffee. No, you don't love coffee. You like too much coffee. I love Cape Town. No, you don't. You love too much living here. I love my church. No, you don't. Well, probably you love your church. <laughs> Do you know what love means? Sacrifice. Giving our life. Don't follow your desires. Seek first the will of God. Not, not what you think that is the best for you. Our human nation, nature... He's not able to love. Listen, if, if you think that you have the ability and the capacity to love, so the merit is not, your, is not God's, it's yours. Whom do you think that you are, really? Whom, really? Whom we really think that we are? Do you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying the first commandment. Is hearing. It's not love. Love is not a commandment. Can you imagine me saying to my wife, I command you to love me. <laughs> Makes no sense. Am I right? Am I right? So, Jesus is saying, by other words, that knowing God, hearing God, knowing Him, is really what we need. And by the way, do you know how can we love God? 
by knowing him. So love is a product of knowing and hearing. It's part, an important part of the process. Now, do you know that Jesus is quoting the most famous prayer on the Jewish culture? The most important is the Shema prayer. Okay? So, Jesus, by other words, is teaching about what? Prayer. Really. So, but prayer is probably the most important aspect of prayer is also about listening. <laughs> Am I right? Do you know, it seems to me that the church so many times for a lack of revelation and a lack of time to meditate on God's word, we are living so superficially <laughs> our faith. Do you know what we used to think? We used to think that more or less like these. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I need. I know exactly what my dream is. Do, do, do you usually see on social media uh, people and even believers saying, fight for your dream, dream big. And I have no patience for those kinds of quotes anymore, to be honest with you. You know why? Because the vast majority of our dreams, they are based on our selfishness. They are based on what we think that is the best for us. And you know what? We know what we want, don't we? But we find out that we have no power for the fulfillment of so many things that we want. And suddenly, somebody told us that God, the Almighty God, has he have all the power to do everything. And you know what we used to think, even without thinking, really? So I have the desire, you have the power. We, we are the best team in the world. Let's going to join efforts and strength. And I'm going to finally achieve what I have in mind. So the vast majority of our prayers, we have that in mind. God, I'm here to tell you what I want. And I trust you in the name of Jesus that you're going to fulfill. You see? By the way, do you know what means praying in the name of Jesus? It's asking the Father only those kinds of things that Jesus will ask. So probably a lot of things that we are asking God, Jesus will never ask them. So stop praying in the name of Jesus. You with me? Probably prayer is more about listening than saying things. Nothing against saying whatever you want to say. Like a child used to, to do. <laughs> you know, children... They say whatever they have in there. You know, they ask for things that somebody, many times we, we need to say, no, not the appropriate time. No, no, I don't going to give you, are you with me? So the Lord is saying, you can ask, ask, no problem. But, you know, the Lord is saying, ask, you can ask. But he's not necessarily saying that whatever you will ask, he will give you. But you can ask, no problem. To deal you with your anxiety, to deal with our, you know, yeah, come on, talk with the Lord. But it seems to me that prayer is much more than talking and sharing with God what we have in mind. To ask God, God, what you have in mind related with this issue, with my life, with the present, the decisions. The, are you with me? Can I ask you something? If you will have the opportunity to be, and of course, we have the presence of God as we already heard by DB. I mean, he lives in me. So means I don't need God. You know, why are you so 
God lives inside of you. It's, it's deep. And, and that's the problem. We, so many times we, we really don't believe that he lives in us. In the deepest level of our life. Where we met him in silence. A lot of noise. And we need to go to our deepest room. Private room. You know, when Jesus is teaching about prayer and he said, you go to your private room. Where do you think there is that private room? In your house? Well, physically, maybe is the place where you find your deepest room. But the private room is not related with your house. It's related with your human being there, deep, where the real you really is. Where you're going to be face to face with God. With reality, with your own reality, with your own weaknesses, with your own sin, with your own nature. That same place where the Bible is saying, I'm knocking. But we are so distracted. You with me? And distracted and asking and speaking too much. <laughs> Instead of come down to silence our thoughts, our desires. Are you following me still? If it's a physical room, how Jesus was in intimacy with the Father in the desert. If it's a physical room, if you are in hospital, how are you going to do? You cannot pray there. No. It's about going deep. Allowing to go there where the Holy Spirit lives. And where you want to talk with you. If you will open the door. I will come in. And I will be at your table. And I'm going to share with you. What I have in my heart for you. You with me? Now. Jesus is remembering that prayer. From Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse uh, 4 and 5. And do you want to read that with me? I don't know if it's here. It's here. Now, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy here. And the word for here in Hebrew, you see, here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord. But before that is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Period. Stop there. Here. But you know, the word here in Hebrew is Shema. And unfortunately, in English or in Portuguese, we don't have a word with the meaning of Shema. Because Shema is not just hearing. Shema is obey. So in Hebrew language, there is no word to, to obey. It's Shema. So by other words, if you hear and you are not obeying, you don't hear. That's why we parents, we used to talk with our children saying, Hey, son, go and do this and that. And he's, I mean, he's not taking care of your words. And you ask, are you hearing me? Yes, he's hearing you, but he's not obeying you. That, that, that's why you are confused. Are you hearing me, by other words? Why you are not acting on that direction? Obeying 
is the result of loving God. And loving God is a product of hearing Him, of knowing Him. That's why, that's why Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said, those who love me are the ones who what? Who obey my commandment, who obey my voice. My sheep, Jesus used to say, he said many times, are the ones who are follow me, my words. They go after me, obeying, following. Isn't that beautiful? Do you remember what's the cry of the prophets? All the, all the, all the prophets, they used to cry. And they used to say to God, God, they are not obeying you. I'm, I'm sh sharing with them what you are sharing with me. But th they are not obeying you. And do you know why they were not obeying him? Because each one of them, they were not listening God. Do you remember wh what's happened with Moses when he was at the mountain and he received the commandments? One more time, the commandments. Do you remember what was the invitation of God to all the people of Israel? You come to the mountain and hear my voice. And do you remember what the, the, the people of Israel, they said to Moses, no, we don't go. We are afraid to go. You go. And after you go, you come and you let us know everything and we will obey. No, they were not able to obey. You know why? Because they were not hear the voice. By other words, they were not in relationship. They were not listening in a profound way. They were not affected in a good way by his presence. Because I can guarantee, you, guarantee to you, if you will know him, you're going to love him. And as more as you know, more as you love him. And as more as you love him, more you, you're going to know that you are forgiven. And as more as you are forgiven, more you have the ability to forgive those who are exactly like you. And he's going to show them love as a son reveals his father, as Jesus was revealing his father. By the way, how he loved us because he knew the heart of the father. Not my will, father. Your will be done. You with me? So Shema is not just hearing. It's about hearing and obeying. If you don't obey, you don't shema. You became known, uh, familiar with the concepts. Do you know what that is? Religion. Do you want to go back to the, to the, the text where we begin? Look at what's happened. Boom. Good. So, hear, O Israel. The most important commandment. The Lord our God is the only Lord. So, love the Lord. Where I am now. Here. So, and you shall love the Lord. You see, and you shall love the Lord. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second and important is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment more important than these. And now see what, what the... The doctor of the law going to say to Jesus. And the doctor of the law said, well done, master. You see? Well done, master. You have spoken truthfully in asserting that God is one and there is no other besides him. Do you see what he's saying? That very good, Jesus. You... you, you 
I mean, you said right. But can I ask you, where is the dimension of hearing in the speech of the doctor of the law? Lost. He's not, he's not considering really hearing really God. So that's why Jesus then continued. And the doctor of the law said, Well done, Master, you have spoken truthfully in asserting that God is one and there is no other besides him. That we shall love him with all our heart, with all our understanding. Do you know, he's still convinced that he's able to love God with, in his own strength. Even without having a deep relationship with God. And that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Keeping these commandments is better than burning animals in sacrifice and making other offerings. And now Jesus is here. And now Jesus said to him. Jesus saw that the opinion of the doctor of the law was very wise and he concluded saying to him you are not far from the kingdom of God it's interesting Jesus said you are not far but he don't said you are already by what you are saying in the kingdom you are not far but you need to hear to come to be led by God Brothers and sisters, just to remember you, do you know how the Bible starts in Genesis? By the word of God. Do you remember that? In the beginning was what? The word. He is the beginning. Do you remember? And he was creating everything. Putting Gordon in chaos. I mean... And at the end was how it was in the end. The book of Revelation. You know, in, in Portuguese language, the last book of the Bible is not called Revelation. The last book of the Bible is called Apocalypse. And do you know what Apocalypse means? Exactly Revelation. So your translation is much better than ours in, in, in Portuguese. So... Do you know what's happening? Do you know why the book is Revelation? Because the Apostle John was desperate. Dying. Desperately. He was praying. He was crying out to God. Saying, God, it was too good in the beginning. I mean, we, I was so excited about what, what you start and the, your kingdom and everything that we learn with you and the church flourishing and the kingdom of God being uh, established and growing and the people, uh, the, your life in the lives of people changing their lives. We were so excited. But now it seems that everything is over. I'm here. I'm going to die like all the apostles. I'm going to die like Paul, like Peter, like Everybody. And it seems that it's the end of everything. I'm desperate. Why you allow us to have hope with you and in you. And now I'm lost. And we, everything is lost. And suddenly Jesus came to him. The resurrected one. And he started to speak with him. Saying don't worry. I'm in control. I, I am the Lord of history. Blah, blah, blah. You remember? And so John was so full of faith by what? The word. And he started to write the book of Revelation. It's not about future problems. It's about the victory of God at the end of times. It's that God is always and will always be in control of the history of humankind. But the secret is. If we are willing. 
to hear God's voice, together with him, to participate in his story, not your story, not my dream, not my religion, not my perceptions, not my desires, not my vision, not my purpose. The Bible is a book about the history of God. Yes, with a lot of people that God was and still is calling. As a father used to call his own sons to participate with him on what he is doing. You with me? I remember several years ago when all my kids, they were smaller. On Saturdays, I really would like to wash my car. And I'm always inviting them to come to wash the car with me. Do you think that I was inviting them so, to make sure that the car will be better cleaned with them? No. I know, I knew, and still I know, that if the children will be around, will be... A mass sometimes. Why do you think that God called us to his family? He was not able to do the task? No. He want to share with us the joy <laughs> of being his sons and daughters. Working together. Participating on his story, his will. Do you remember how Jesus teaches to pray? Heavenly Father, not my will. But your, you, your will be done in my life and through my life, in the lives of others. God lives in you. But imagine that you will have the chance, just imagination, use your imagination. Think for a moment, and that's not true, okay, but just to bring you an image and a principle. Imagine that you have the ability to really come in the presence of the throne where God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine? And the Lord Almighty is allowing us to come really into his presence there. And he's inviting us. You can come and ask whatever you want to ask and share with me whatever you want to share High, in a high-to-eye contact. So, I don't know about you, but I, I will put myself on the line, waiting for my time, because millions of people, they want to have an interview with God, and an appointment with God. Well, some, they want to know with God who will be the future wife and the future husband, and, you know, those kinds of things. God, what's your will for my life? And so, probably we will be waiting on that line for years because the line is big. And God is attending one by one and, you know, he, he really organizes his agenda to receive each one of us. So, we have years to really considering what we're going to ask him or, you with me? So, you are in the line waiting. Can I ask you something? Once that you will be in the presence of God. He will be a book note like these book notes with thoughts and requests and questions. Or do you bring into the presence of God an empty book, a clean book, to take all the notes possible, to follow, to hear, and to abide? What is the most important for you. By the way, do you think that what you have in mind to share with, with God will be a surprise for him? Or really what will be a surprise, it, it's what he has to say to you. His plans for you. His will for you. His thoughts about you. So many times we write the thoughts that we have about ourselves. But you know what? He want to tell you what he thinks about you also. He loves you. He calls you my daughter, my son. 
what you think that will produce love in your life. I would like to encourage you this morning with my poor English that the most important thing in our life is to hear God. And by hearing Him, we're going to love Him. And by loving Him, we will realize that we are loved in spite of us. God still loves us in spite of so many things that are happening. God still loves his church even in the midst of chaotic chaotic situations so many times now is the time to hear God and to hear one to each other do you know how we're gonna love each other also hearing confessing spending time table time relationships Do you know how our son's going to love God when we're listening to them, when we are there for them, when we allow God to reveal himself through us to them? Do you know when they realize that they are loved by God, when they are loved by us. The importance of hearing, the importance of knowing Him. Do you know what the world is waiting for? For the manifestations of the son and daughters of God. And who are they? Those who are here. His voice. Loving him. And love everyone around them. Because they know that they are loved. So the world is really waiting. Not for religious people. The world is really waiting and crying and praying for the revelation of the true sons and daughters of Christ. And my prayer is that we will grow in the realms of hearing really one another and hearing really in the deepest way what the Lord is saying about all the details of our lives, the way how we are building the church together with Him. It's always with Him, by Him, through Him, and for His glory. We're going to we're going to return to Portugal in three days. And we, we're definitely going to pray for you with more wisdom. And I'm going to share with our pastoral team what I saw here and the family that we have here. And by the way, I would like to tell you that you have also family on the other side of the world. And you are welcome to our table. Let's find what the Lord want to do, not about our dreams and our strength, but what really the Lord want to do with you, with us, through us, for his glory and for our joy. In the name of Jesus, I pray and we pray. Lord, we don't want to present to you our ideas searching for your amen to our ideas. We want to hear your voice so that we will be able to say amen to you. Your will be done.
for the glory of Jesus and our joy. And all of us we say, Amen. Amen. Let's let's just engage God on that, each one of us, as we close with one song. Um, you don't have to sing along. You can sing along if that stirs your faith. But I want you to just be with God and respond to this. Contain for that place. With Him, where is that place? When is that place? Where is that open book with an empty page? Where are you going to hear Him? We're just like that lawyer. We answer exactly what Jesus said. We just remove, like he removed, the word here. And we go to the things we need to do without hearing. Let's respond to God with a song. You can all stand with us. Just If you want to make notes, you're welcome to sit. But I want us to stand if you can at all. So we can just engage God and... Um, yeah, corporately, let's let's just engage God. Let's just take this word into our hearts and to Him, and ask Him for the transformation necessary to bring us to that to this place, this beautiful place. Geschenk von Gott, uns mal.